thank you so very, very much. I'm going to do two things. And first, I want to be able to talk about the man of the hour and the lady of the hour. And then I'm going to talk why I talked about the man of the hour and the lady of the hour. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your wonderful, wonderful gift, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, we ask that you be able to speak to our hearts. Glorify yourself, Lord Jesus, and we give you the praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take your seats. The theme Weep for yourselves. This is what Jesus said to the ladies that were very, very upset what was happening to him. And he said for them for the weep for themselves. And he said to us, weep for yourselves. Do not be sorry for Jesus. Why did he say that? Do not be sorry for Jesus, but for yourselves. You should show sorrow and also accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You should, you should show sorrow for yourself. You see, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, and he was willing to be able, you see, to do whatever the Father wanted him to do. Well, what did the Father want Jesus to do? He said, not my will, but yours. You see, what the Father had planned for Jesus was for Jesus to die for almost 50 billion people. You see, Jesus died for 50 billion people. 50 billion people. He suffered the pain for 50, maybe more than that. But scholars would say that at least from Adam to now, it's been something like 50 billion people. And Jesus had to die for each one of us all the pain that we ever suffered. The whole human race. You see why he fell three times in the garden? Not because he was weak, but he was willing to be able to save us by giving his life. Now there are three things to make us become or let us become Christian. Three things, remember that, three. One, we got to believe the death of Christ. Two, 
we got to believe the burial of Christ. Three, we got to believe the resurrection. These are the three things that make us become believers. Don't forever get that. But there are also three other things that we must do to show that we are Christians. Number one, three things. I was. Number two, I am. And number three, I will. Three things that the believers must do, and the couple that sit here, they have passed the test. The three things, the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, they have lived that, they have accepted the Lord. I know that. We talked about it. And the other three things I've noticed in their lives. I was. I am. And I will. These three things. I met Pastor Smith Pastor Ray Smith, when he was very young, just not too far from teenaging, but maybe 20. And he was a unique young man. He had met up with some of the youth of our church, some of the young men that were part of the church, Vernon Matthews, Irvin Whitaker, Ernest Ursher. These young men were Bible school students. And Brother Smith was working on his uh, pharmacy preparation. But he wanted to be a biblical, biblical person for Jesus Christ. I mean, he did what he had to do. But he wanted to be Bible person. He came over to our house and we sat and we talked and he Ask questions, and and he was very, very unique. He also well, came to the church, and also as he came to the church, he got involved. Now he did what he was supposed to do at the nursery, at his pharmacy school, but also. He loved the Lord, and I watched him. Now, one Sunday morning, we passed the orphan plate, and the deacons 
took up the offering. And one of the deacons came to me after and said, uh, Pastor, we have a unique situation. Someone has put something in the offering plate and we don't know what to do with it. You see, we, we were in the process of having some person before the church at that time were giving half what we took in to mission. And this young man wanted to so get involved, so be, so much involved in loving the Lord until he put his high school graduation ring in the offering. Gave it to Jesus. Well, he didn't tell me. I have we'll find it out. And we gave it back to him because we didn't want but he, he showed his heart because he wanted to serve the Lord. He was thirsty to be able to serve the Lord. I had the privilege of meeting his father, his mother, his siblings, his brothers and sisters, had an opportunity to talk with his mother, had an opportunity to talk to his father, and his father uh, told me, I told my son, I don't know what he told you, he told my, told my son to do what you say, follow what he says. And he had always obeyed. Not, not any trouble from him. He served the Lord faithfully. Well, Sister, Sister Linda was looking at him, and she was look, they were looking at each other. Um, but um, he came to the church and became a faithful member of the church, youth group. We had youth Sunday and this kind of thing. And so I would say to him and others, I never asked him to be able to, to preach. I told him he was going to preach. I said, Ray, you're preaching next Sunday. And he didn't say no. He just got prepared and he preached. And the more he preached, the more he wanted to preach. And so he came to me and he said he wanted to go to seminary because he was hungry for the word of God. Hungry. He said to me that he wanted to go to seminary. I said to him, Get me a certain amount of money, and when you get that certain amount of money, you tell me, then I'll be able to help you get in seminary. 
See, I was testing him. In other words, do you want to go to seminary? Or do you want to go to seminary? <laughs> he didn't say anything, but he left jolly. And he started putting what I asked him to put away, and he kept until he got it. And when he got it, he came and um, he told me, and then I said, well, I have a seminary that we can recommend. We recommend the seminary, and of course, he went to the seminary. He also took uh, with the, after he got married, and I don't have time to give all that after the but she asked her, she'll tell you, what, what happened? He went seminary and he pulled out his heart and his life and I knew what was going on with him because I was a friend to the president of the seminary and I knew if he, what, what he was doing and how well he was doing and he did, he did an excellent job biblically. I'm bragging about it but he loved the Lord and he deeply into doing it. These three things I'm going to talk about is why he did so well. He knew that he was a sinner. He knew that. And because he was a sinner, he knew he had to change, and he did. He received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And that's what we want to talk about first. I was. And so if you don't know that you're a sinner, uh, you, you, you're not ready to do anything. You, you, you got to acknowledge that you are a sinner, that, that Jesus Christ died for you. We'll talk about that a little later. He was buried, and also he was raised. So let me tell you what happened. Paul and also the apostles, John, James, Peter, all, all these recognized that they were sinners, lost, hell-deserving, now, if you don't think that you hell deserve it, you're not going to do much. You deserve to be in the lake of fire. I deserve to be in the lake of fire. We are lost, lost. Why? Because Jesus came and God sent his son to rescue us from hell. Now, what we we'll look at first is I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I would do anything. I was Adam. I was Eve. Now, we see in the scripture wherein that they spit 
on Jesus. I spit on Jesus. It was my spit. They blindfold him. I blindfold him. Not they. I. They beat him. I beat him. They made him prophesy. I made him prophesy. Ah! They struck him. Ah! Struck him. They scourged him. Ah! Scourged him. Ah! Jesus was innocent. Holy, pure. Not some of us, all of us. Guilty. So, I was lost. But now, I am what? As you read over in Mark chapter 15, you'll be able to see that they finish they put on Jesus a crown of thorn and stuck it. Ah put it. I crushed it down. I did. I don't need to be sorry for Jesus. I need to be sorry for me. Ah, he died for my sin. He had no. Now, when I recognized that I died on the cross, he, Jesus was hanging on the cross there, but I should have been up there because I'm the one that sinned. 50 billion people individually that he died for. Now, since I sinned against him, since he died in my place, We come now to the next portion. Paul, Peter, James, John, and all Christians, I have been crucified. What's, what's going what's to change me? I'm an Adam. In Adam, we all what? Die. In Christ, what happened? And so if I'm going to become like Christ, I'm going to have to be crucified because what happened to Christ happened what? To me. So it says, I have been crucified. I have been crucified. 
Wait a minute. I didn't go up on the cross. I sinned. But Jesus died in my place. I was not fit to die. But Jesus died in my place. I am crucified. It is no longer I. But what happened to Christ? I get all the benefits. What happened to Christ? I get all the benefits. I got a chance to live eternally. No more sinner. Faint. Pause. He died. It is no longer I who live. So I can't go around bragging about what I've done. But see Christ. But Christ. I can't brag about anything. I can be responsible for saying, I sin. I cause him to be buried. I caused him to die. Why he said, Weep, weep for yourselves. You see, if if Jesus took my death, if he took my death, my burial, and my resurrection, you see, all, all the Father wants is a few people, all of us, to accept his Son for a free gift forever. That's all he wants. A few, all of us, to accept him forever and what do we get in return? Eternal life. Now, evolution say man evolved and over a trillion years ago, I mean, that makes no sense, but that's what they say, you know. But do you know if, if I go to hell and live for a trillion years, I'm in trouble because I'm going to have to be able to get out of that tree in years and we're still burn forever because God is eternal. I'm everlasting. I am that I am. There is no ending to God. So you better accept Jesus Christ because he's the one that keeps you from ever having to die. So he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. What did Christ ask for? On the cross, when he got down, what he asked for, uh, let me have your body. I gave you mine. I gave you my body, death, burial, and resurrection. Now I'm asking you, let me live in your body.
That's when he said, I am crucified. I am crucified. When, 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 did, it, when did I get crucified? When Christ. Christ. So he says, I now live. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. God wanted, wanted a lot of sons and daughters. And Jesus realized them. We're going to be just like Jesus. 33 forever. Just like Jesus. Going to be able to see God face to face. No man can see God and live. But we're going to be able to see his face because what? We're going to be like Jesus because Jesus is able to see his father's face. And we're going to be able to see his face. So, he says, that I may live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. You know what God is? God is what? Love. You know what God is? God is spirit. Not, not a spirit. God is spirit. What's the difference? God is love. There is no place in the universe that God is not fully loved, 100%. There is no measure. God is holy. There is no measure. God is holy everywhere. God is merciful. Now, the devil is a spirit. A spirit meaning limitation. A spirit. God is spirit. All of him. Spirit. Well, well Pastor, where do you get all that from? I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus didn't hold back anything, anything. Bit. Bit. And Jesus didn't anything. Blindfold. He said nothing. They beat him. He said nothing. The priest said Pilate said you're not going to say anything? Jesus said nothing because he was dying. I made a whole lot of noise. 
Smith was learning some things, you see, even back then. His daddy told him to go and get him an education so he can get a good job. And the pharmacy was a good thing. But his dad also knew that he had also a desire to be able to be for the Lord. And he came to our church, his dad, at least one or two times to be able to see what was taking place. And he said, stick with it. Stick with it. And Ray has always showed that love for the Lord. I mean, deep love for the Lord. And his wife, right along with him, he remember at at uh, I, I said of oh, my wife, my wife, that we had been married fifty eight years, and I said we had been oh together and worked for one hundred and sixteen years, because double, you know, they've been together. How long? And so they, they get double, you see. The wife. So he goes on to say, He loved me and he gave himself for me. He gave himself for me. Think of it. Would you give me one of your fingers? I mean, you, you know, uh, these people that give, give, give parts, their bodies, they could be, it should be commended. Uh, kidney. If you got two kidneys, we can give some. That's, that's wonderful, you know. But Jesus gave his whole body. They crushed him, they slapped him, they hooked him, they sighed, I mean, all that. And he said, destroy this temple, talking about his body, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. They thought he was talking about the temple, the 46 and 50. No, he was talking about, do what you want to this body, because this body is going to come back on the third day. And what he said right here. Why did he come back? He loved me and gave himself for me. For me. I do not sit aside the grace of God. I do not set aside the grace of God. This, this was Paul now speaking. I do not sit you, you see, this is hallelujah. What Christ, his death, that's hallelujah. His burial, that's hallelujah. And being raised from the dead, glory, hallelujah. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness. All the righteousness I need 
is what Jesus did. And God is what? Well pleased. This is my beloved son, and in him I what? Well pleased. Well pleased. And righteousness come through the law. And the law couldn't do anything for me. The law is good. You remember they said, young man said to Jesus, good master, who, and Jesus said, well, well call me good. Why you call me good? It's, it's God. It's no, it's no goodness can save you. It's Either he's God or he's not good. So, he says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness come through. Then Christ died in pain. If you can be saved any other way, any other way, and Christ died in vain. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, Father, is there any other way? There was no other way. And the Father knows everything. Do you know that the Father, Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit knows how many drops of water in, in the sea? Do you know that they knew every leaf, every grain of sand? They, 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 they know everything and have always known everything and always will know everything. That's hallelujah. Where, where, where the first strand of, strand of hair you lost? I don't know my first strand. You don't either. But one does. God knows everything. Everything. Now, I am crucified. I'm crucified with Christ. What else? The third thing. I will do his will. What is his will? I, as a Christian, I will do his will. Here's his will. Acts 1, 8 and 9. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the time or season which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witness to me Witness to me in Jerusalem, 
What you going to say? That Jesus died for you? Do you bear it? That's, that's the message. That's the message that moves the scuffle. In Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Not my message, not your message. You don't go and you don't go and tell folks how bad you were that saved them. You tell what Christ did. He died. He was buried. He was raised. And all pastors ought to know this. All pastors ought to preach this. And if they're not preaching this, they ought not to be in the pulpit. The death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection, and we should respond by saying, I was, I am, and I will. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, I'm not talking about joining the church. That's, that's, that's good after you get saved, but there's nothing if you're not saved. You don't need to think so. You need to know so. This is a serious thing. And Jesus said, weep for yourself. Do you know who's going to weep forever? Lucifer. When he became the devil. You see, right now he has access to heaven. The devil has access, but he got to get up there to accuse us. But it's going to come a time when he's going to be kicked out of heaven, locked out. You know what's going to happen? God is going to be able to create a new heaven and a new earth and say the track would never, never have been in it. New heaven and new earth. I'm so glad that Jesus took my stripes. I'm so glad he allowed me to be able to take his credit. I am. And the least I can do is to say, I will, God. I will. Yes. Yes, Lord. That's all God wants to be able to say. I did everything for you. And now all I want you to do is to be able to do what I tell you. Don't think that Pastor Smith is overworking you. Dig in, dig in, get deep. He's, I, I told you the story about the rain because he's not preaching for money. 
Mm-mm. Well, he wouldn't have put that ring <laughs> in the offering plate if he would, if he was crazy about money. He shows his heart. I never did talk to him about it. So, but I knew. And the Lord showed me. And I want to thank you for being faithful. And I want to thank you all for accepting him. Don't forget these three things that must be. What are they? Number one. Come on. Ah. Number two. I am. Number three. I will. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for your gift to us, your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this pastoral appreciation week. Thank you, Lord, for giving us, Brother Smith, that he loves you, his wife loves you. Help us to love him back. In Jesus' name.